Hello, and welcome to the Book Host Squad podcast. I'm Shruti. I'm Sarah. And I'm Grace. So today, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about fairy tale uh, retellings, um, just something that, you know, we've been talking about and some of our favorite ones and what we've been reading. Um, in addition, Grace finally finished Queen of Nothing. So we're going I to did. have it. In, so we're going to be talking about um, basically the entire Folk of the Air series um, now that we've all read the entire thing. Um, but first, let's talk about what we've currently been reading. Grace, would you like to go first? Well, I started reading House of Salt and Sorrows by Aaron A. Craig. And I was, because it's a fairy tale retelling. And I was going to get really far into it, like at least halfway. But I didn't. But I'll start talking about that later into the episode. Other than that, I finished Queen of Nothing and that's, that's it. That's it. Sounds like it's a very good time. valid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Sarah? Um, I since our last episode, I am I got most of the way through Dangerous Girls by Abigail Haas, which is a thriller slash like kind of like mystery detective novel kind of about um these this group of teenagers that goes to Aruba on a spring break vacation and one of them gets murdered and the main character is like the main suspect in the case. And it kind of, like, follows through, like, the trial and, like, the... I guess it's more, like, a legal drama than, of like, a detective thing. But it follows through her time, like, on trial and, like, in prison in Aruba and stuff like that. Um, it's, uh, it's okay. The I hate saying this about young adult novels, but I've been finding myself noticing it more and more. The writing is just, like, very juvenile, I guess. And, like, in that some of the things not that the characters act young because like they're teenagers they like do that whatever like I'm you know it's annoying but I'm not gonna bitch about it when I'm reading a young adult novel um but they just like the things that happen just don't seem realistic like I don't know none of it seems very not that I know what it's like to be accused of murder that I didn't commit in Aruba (laughs) but it just seems like I don't know, like, the main character's definitely getting fucked over, but it just seems, I don't, I don't even know, I don't know how to put my finger on it, but it just seems weird. Um, it's definitely engaging, though, and it reads really quick. I read, like, 100 pages in one sitting yesterday, which is rare for me. I don't, I usually, the most I read in a sitting is usually 50 pages before I, like, get bored and need to do something else. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm flying through it. It's, it's not a bad book or anything, so, you know, that's cool. It's definitely satiating my need for uh, murder mysteries. <laughs> what about you, Shruti? What have you been reading? Um, okay, so since the last time we record, I read um, Last Couple Standing by Matthew Norman, which, first of all, shocker, is a male. Uh, I think that's, like, the first time since, like, that's something that's not, like, I had to read for school or whatever was something written by a male, just because most of romance authors are female, and I just prefer to read female authors. Um, and it's also, so technically, I guess it's a romance because it was under the romance category, but it, to me, it felt like more of adult fiction, felt more like, I don't know, it didn't feel, it's not like a typical romance. Um, and basically, this book was about um, a couple, um, Mitch and Jessica, and all of their friends, like, got together. So they were friends in college, they got together at the same time, they got married at the same time, and now they're all getting divorced. So they're like the last couple standing, who's still married. Um, so they decide to try an experiment and basically have like an open marriage where they can have sex with other people. And there's like rules about, they said about it, like you have to be honest, you can only do it once, um, like no repeats. And it can't be someone they actually like know, no, it can just be someone like on the periphery of their life. 
Um, of course it gets super complicated and you know, it, it was, and I actually really enjoyed it. And I think like the best way to describe it, it's really in the same, like I got the same vibes as I did with crazy, stupid love. Um, like it had a lot of those same like vibes to it. And especially the, and I think if you, when you get to the ending and there's like the, the ending scene of that reminds me a lot of like the big major scene in crazy, stupid love with like, if, and if you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so like all the reveals, all the twists and all of that, and like how it all came together. I thought that was really well done. Um, and there's some really nice side characters, which were cool too. Um, I did have like some issues with it because like, I mean, this is kind of, it would go into spoilers, which I don't want to give it. Basically I had some issues because like some of the stuff was explicitly like, oh, I'm choosing you. But the other one was like, I'm not really, I don't really, it's not really explicit. Anyway, I had some issues with it, but overall I enjoyed it. Um, good time. If that, I think you, I think people would like it if you like romances. Um, the other one I read, because apparently I was just in a mood, was Emma the Matchmaker, which is pretty much like an exact adaptation of Emma, just in modern times. Like Emma's a match, Emma has a match, she's going to matchmake people, but she does it, but she's, do, she's trying to matchmake Harriet, but she has a boyfriend who she kind of accidentally breaks up to get to with this other guy who doesn't actually like her. She likes Emma. And of course, George Knightley is there the entire time and they're friends. And my love affair with Knightley continues because Knightley is always awesome. So that was a good time. I mean, it's a fun, it's like a pretty simple book. It was a very quick read. I think I read it in like a day. Um, it was good to have like in the background while I was doing work. And then I've been rereading Best of Luck um, by Kate Claiborne. It's the third book in the Chance of a Lifetime series, which is basically about three women who win the lottery. And then like what they do with the money is so they each have a book where they talk about what they do with their money. And of course they fall in love. The second one is actually really fun because it's about a lawyer and her love interest is the guy whose like brother died and she was the prosecutor in his case or something. Um, or like the defense, like some, they're like on opposite side of the trial. So it's like about her like getting forgiveness from the family and for herself for what, she, for that. Um, but this one, the best of luck though, is a lot of, was really good time for me because it has like a lot of themes that really resonate with me. Um, I was tweeting it this morning when I was finished reading because it just had spoke some lines just really spoke to me. But basically it's about two people who care about everybody else taking care of each other. So it was a good time. Yes. So those are my three books I read this week. Only three. Only books three, See, not four. I know, right? I'm Wow. Dying. I know. Oh man. And I mean, I've started reading. So I've been starting and stopping reading. Um, I can't remember the name of the book, but uh, it's by Devney Perry. Runaway Road. I've been like kind of reading this for like weeks, but I haven't gotten past the first chapter. So today I finally got to chapter four. So who knows? Maybe I'll finally finish this book before next time we record. We shall see. Shruti, when you read all those books, do you ever feel like, so for example, I feel like I've been reading a lot lately and mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because time is weird right now when I can't go anywhere because of quarantine or what, but like the books I read last week feel like I read them forever ago. Like, I feel like I, I need to be taking time to marinate my books, but I'm not. I do, do you sometimes feel, that feel way? yeah, I know. I definitely, there was, I think spring break last year, I read like 20 books in a week. Um, and I definitely felt like, and it's really, I do think that maybe why I'm like lately have been rereading a lot of books now that I have like a way more time because I'm like, I remember those books. I remember liking those books. I remember how I felt about reading the book, but don't necessarily remember what actually happened. So that's me with that's every my, book. Right. So like, I think with this one, was, that was what was fun about reading, rereading this book, Best of Luck, was because I got to like relive that feeling. And like, I didn't remember what happened other than the fact that he was like a photographer and they fell in love. Um, but I got to, so I got to relive it and I got to relive the feeling. 
but yeah, that would happen. That's what happens when you read so many books. Sometimes it's like it all kind of blurs together. Also, because um, like for instance, I was doing research for our topic later of like trying to remember all those fairy tale retellings, and like I couldn't remember like the titles. I couldn't even remember. I just remember I read something, and I remember the cover, and I remembered one word of like a sequel. So I like was able to look it up in my shelf, and that's how I found it. Um, hmm. But anyway, so it's very yeah. Reading a lot can be a problem sometimes. It's, there's just so much. Yes. Okay. All right. I was wondering. Then let us start then with discussing. Um, well, we're just going to put it all together because we've all finished this. We we have already discussed the Wicked King, but that was in the Lost episode. So I don't actually remember what I talked about and what I didn't. But so we're just going to just talk about everything. So let, let's start with you, Grace, since you just read it, so you can remind us of all the things that happened. Um, what are some of your? So you finished the series now. How are finished you feeling? Finished the series. I'm feeling good. I really, um, I think I'd probably say that my, the second one, The Wicked King, mm-hmm. is my favorite in the series. Then Mine Queen too. of Nothing, then okay. Cruel Prince. But if you I had nothing well, more than okay. Cruel Prince? <laughs> if I hadn't slept through so much of Cruel Prince, my opinions mm. might be different. Mm. But because I'm trash and I did, this is the way I feel. So Wait, also, Sarah, is your order, is your order um, Wicked King, Cruel Prince, Queen of Nothing? Yes, that's my order. Interesting. What's your order, Shrew? Yeah. See, Same. it depends because it's like, are we talking about Cardin or are we talking about Jude? Because they're two different orders. I think that's the I'm problem. I'm talking about books, Shrewdy. I'm talking about books. books. I yeah. know. But like, it depends on like what you want me to talk about because if you're talking about how I felt about it or how we have like objectively which one is better, like they're two different rankings for me. How you felt about it. Okay. How I felt about it. I think I gave... Actually, I don't. I should look at my reviews. I'm pretty positive I said something different than what I'm about to say. So I'm gonna, okay. So I'm gonna say that I feel like I felt the best about Queen of Nothing, then Cruel Prince, then Wicked King. But I'm about to read my review to see what huh. I said after I read <laughs> after I read it. So this is what I said in my review. Uh, the Cruel Prince was the best best book itself with the best plot. I wrote splot, but that's okay. The Wicked King did the best job with character development, especially with Jude, but with Lester Kent's Carden. I still agree with that. And number three is uh, Queen of Nothing was the shortest, which we'll, we should talk about. Um, and I can definitely understand why people didn't like it, which we should also talk about. Um, but I think it was my personal favorite of the series. Yeah. So I did prefer, I did like Queen of Nothing the most, but I can totally understand why people don't like it. And I think after having had some time since I've read it, since I don't know how many weeks it's been since I read it, I don't know if I like it as much. I think if I reread it, I would love it just as much as I did originally. But like having time to marinate on it, I feel like I've definitely thought of more issues that I had because it was so rushed. Yeah, like, I I didn't hate Queen of Nothing or anything. I really had a good time reading that book. It's just, like you said, like, the ending was just so rushed that it kind of, like, threw off the book for me, and it just felt Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, it just felt the, like, in the beginning, I was loving the book, and I read it right as it was coming out, so other people were finishing before me, and I kept Mm -hmm. seeing on my Goodreads feed people giving it, like, two, three stars, and I was like, why are they doing that? This is so good. It's so much fun. I know. And um, then I got to the end and I kind of got it. Like, I definitely, I think I gave it like four stars. Um, Mm -hmm. I still really enjoyed it. I just think like from a story perspective, the ending was definitely rushed. But like, I don't know. I still had a good time. I think it was a very different tone than the other two books. And And I understand why it was like that. It just, and again, I enjoyed it because it was a happy ending and I love a happy ending. But it was very different. 
Yeah, and one of the things we, you guys kind of talked about this in, in the last episode, we were talking about how long these books, how, or how they're not like mm-hmm. long necessarily, but like they're very like dense and stuff and they, they, they contain a lot of information. And I was kind of like, I was thinking this, but I didn't say it because you guys both hadn't, one of you hadn't read Queen of Nothing at the time. I both hadn't of you. read it. Okay, yeah. And, <laughs> it was uh, me as usual. <laughs> I was just thinking like maybe Holly Black like took that to heart a little bit. People were saying like, oh, these books are, they're too dense. They're too long. So she just took Queen of Nothing and sped through it, which like is great because that means like, oh, she read the criticism and like went with it. But I also think like, I don't know, it might have been a little misguided because I think part of what makes these books like special, in my opinion anyway, is like how in-depth everything is and how in-depth the world is. Um, And some people say that Queen of Nothing wasn't as good because it can't. So Queen of Nothing came out less than a year after The Wicked King. And um, people think that she rushed it or something because it came out so soon. But actually, I don't think that's the case because The Wicked King was pretty much finished right after The Cruel Prince came out. And um, normally there's like a year in between books and that's how it was between The Cruel Prince and, or young adult books anyway. That's how it was between The Cruel Prince and The Wicked King. But they had Wicked King arcs available, I remember, like right after The Cruel Prince came out. So she had finished at least the first two books. So she had a good amount of time to write Queen of Nothing. So I don't necessarily think like her writing process was rushed, but maybe like she saw like what people were saying about how long and dense the books were. And that's why she went that direction with Queen of Nothing. Yeah. And it could also be like, it's the third book in the series and we know the characters pretty well. We know the world pretty well. So maybe she was just like, they know what I'm talking about. We're yeah, I I don't necessarily mean like know it, not knowing what we're talking about, but just like a more like going more in depth with the story and everything and like the, the ending and the battle and stuff with just like, yeah, I don't know. It just like Shruti was saying, it's a very different feel. And um, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, <laughs> it's, that's, okay. it's all good. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember the moment I finished reading um, Queen of Nothing, I was like, wait, that's it? Not because it felt yeah. like the ending was rushed or like, or sorry, the ending was abrupt, but just because it felt like the other two books were so much longer, it felt mm-hmm. like there was, there needed to be more. And I think, and I think this is actually one issue I had with Queen of Nothing was I wish Locke hadn't just died off screen at the very beginning. Um, Cause I feel like he was such an important part to the first book, especially Locke was the, the, the evil fae. Oh that yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, he yeah. did die. Karen's he did husband. Die. I yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Honestly, I feel like she could have written an entire, and I, I, I'm going to say this right now, and I'm going to put this out in the universe, because if Holly Black is listening, please write this, um, a book about just how Taryn fell, in, like, basically about Taryn, how she fell in love with this abusive, like, manipulator, who then proceeded to, like, take uh, the ghost and, like, make him kill people and do all these bad things, and then Taryn kills him, and then Taryn goes and falls in love with Locke and with the ghost, because that's totally what's going to happen, and I need a... Taryn Ghost novella sequel, please. Yeah. So anyway, I, my, I, I did have a lot of issue with just how Locke just kind of died off screen. Yeah. And did they ever, did they ever really explain that? I think Taryn explained it to Jude. Like, I think, I remember there was a scene where she explains like what happened and like how mm-hmm. she killed him and all of that. But we just saw her talking about it and we, which, I understand, but, like, it was just kind of, like, thrown in there, and, like, yeah, I felt like, there it was... be, like, those were kind of the things I feel like, and if this has been the first two books, it would have been explained, it, like, would have spent a little bit more time with it, 
um, and just like let that resonate a little bit more. And I think the whole ghost storyline probably there would have been more to it as well. Like that would have tied in somehow again as well. And it would have just been, oh yeah, I know Maddox is controlling him. Oh yeah, now Taryn has control of him. Like there, it wouldn't have been just like that really quick, easy fix. It almost felt like there would have been more about it. Um, yeah, and this is the, I kind of remembered what I was going to say earlier, but like a lot of times with like the third book or the last book in the series, it kind of feels like the author doesn't kind of put everything they wanted to put in in the first two books, and then the last book is just kind of like, oh, we just got to wrap it all up and get to the mm-hmm. ending. So I don't know if that was the case here or like what, but yeah, it definitely felt like like just a just a sprint to the finish line kind of thing like I said I still really enjoyed the book but Mm -hmm. especially like the second half I think that was what it was yeah the plot I think the plot wasn't as in-depth but the care I read the characters made me happy didn't Cardin like get turned into a snake snake. or something he got turned into a snake okay And and he but I felt like that was over with so quickly like I was expecting like huge like consequences for that but it was just kind of like so easily resolved and I was like what it was and I I still don't don't understand how he stopped being a snake I can't remember she she cut off the head of she cut off (laughs) yeah she cut off the head and I think it like that broke the curse so then he was fine but why did it break because we wanted a happy ending grace come on okay yeah that's kind of I, I don't know I was kind of like like I'm, I'm obviously I'm glad there was a happy ending I really liked it and I'm glad that we eventually got there I just felt like it was too easy like there wasn't yeah. right. there wasn't you know like I I'm know. I don't know if this is yeah. it so this you know what it reminded me of Breaking Dawn yeah except it's, no except this Breaking, was a little bit better this was better than Breaking this Dawn this was definitely Climax. better than Breaking Dawn and Breaking but it Dawn reminded me the, a little bit of that anticlimactic feel Yes, but Breaking Dawn had the opposite problem where it was way too long in the beginning yes. and middle and then the end was super fast, whereas Queen of Nothing, the whole thing kind of felt like pretty fast. But like, I agree with you where it was all this build up and then the ending was just like happened. Um, I don't think it was quite as bad as Breaking Dawn, like you said, um, like the book itself was definitely better and even the ending was a little bit better with the, the climax and lack thereof. But I just wanted a little more like like angst and battle with like turning yeah, hard and back. back. Yeah. <laughs> I did feel like That's, there wasn't enough angst with Jude and Cardin. Like, everything yeah. was happy, which, again, I enjoyed, but, like, they felt like they needed to be a little bit more. Everything felt very surface level. I f- this is the thing. This is the problem with having, a- a- like, actually sitting on it afterwards. I'm like, I feel like there could – I enjoyed it for what it was, but there definitely could have been more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think definitely. I had any issues pre-unturning into a snake. Like, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. there could have been things better, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying yeah. it. I thought the buildup was fine. I do, I would have liked more aftermath after the snake. Yeah, <laughs> which is a weird like, sentence I to want say. Ghost no, I. Turin. I'm sorry. And there's yeah, I mean, and it kind of no spoilers for the Grisha trilogy, but a certain beloved character in the Grisha trilogy gets turned into something in one of the books, and it's like a huge fight to get this character back to like themselves. So when Cardin got turned into a snake, I was expecting something with like similar amounts of angst and like like a like I don't know. It was just, it, it was, it was all very easy, it seemed like to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Well, there was angst during the time period. And I liked the bit where Heather is like, I'm going to go find the fairy tale yes. to get him yeah. to be okay. Because yeah. that's got to happen. I thought that was funny. But then I loved Heather. they're just like, well, now we're good. We're good now. Yeah. False alarm. <laughs> no snakes. <laughs> Pretty oh, much. So 
I remember we talked about this in the last episode. What were our feelings on Viv and Heather and that whole story arc? I really and- love Heather, Heather, and I really love her relationship with Jude. And mm-hmm. I really like her relationship with Vivi a lot, too. And I like that they got the chance to start over. But I yeah. part of me wondered, like, so basically um, Heather chooses to make to wipe her memories and meet Vivi for the first time. But I right. wonder, like, does she know that she made that choice? And if she doesn't, wouldn't she have to keep that a secret from her for the rest of her life? Like, that's another secret that she has to keep. You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, yeah. I was, I really like Heather as a character. She was really interesting. And like you said, I like her relationship with Vivi. But yeah, I did have kind of weird feelings about that ending. Like yeah. it was Heather's choice mm-hmm. that she made. But still like that choice could lead to a lot is- of problems if she found yes. out about it. Yeah, Even though exactly. She made it. And then... And Vivi's going to have to keep that a secret from her. And, like, how would that work? Because, like, once they've been together for, like, a while, she might, like, accidentally reference something that happened when they were together before. And Heather would be like, what? Like, how? I, I don't understand. Yeah. And she's work, not you know? the only one that has to keep that a secret. Like, Oak is a child. How is he supposed yeah. to be like, <laughs> oh, whole hey, family. Heather, long time. Yeah. Then she'd be like, I never met you, you strange child. <laughs> oh, so I remember one of the things I wanted to talk about. So I remember in our Cruel Prince episode, I made a big fuss about how there was like we had twin characters and they never had like twin shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I remember. So then I was just happening. I was like, oh my god, it's happening. Sarah probably wanted to tell me and couldn't. Um, and then I think that was actually. I think I don't remember clearly. Obviously, it's been a while. But I do remember one of my favorite parts of the book is Cardin like taking Jude back to his room and then being like, yeah, I, I know it's you. And Jude, <laughs> Jude's like, no, nope, what are you talking about? He's like, what no, do you I mean? know it's you. And then I think, yeah. I don't remember if it was this part or later, where he makes the line about screaming, about, like, how, um, I can't remember, I think it was Roach or somebody was saying something about how Jude will like to scream or something, and Carter makes, oh, like, a yeah. sexual joke about, like, that's not the type of screaming I like. And I was like, yes, Carter, yes. <laughs> I think, <laughs> this is what I think. I really like Carden, and here's why. I think, you know how, you all haven't read Pride and Prejudice, have you? I mean, I follow him. Just pretend for a second that you have. So you know how um, Mr. Darcy is like painted as like this dark, brooding hero, but really he's just like really awkward and has anxiety, and he's not that at all. I feel so like, like so like Christian from Vampire Academy. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, I feel like to a lesser extent, that's kind of what Cardin is because Cardin has like this tragic backstory, but he's, he's really a jerk. Super. But yeah, yeah, at times he's just fun. Like he's just fun. I agree. I like and I that. think he's yeah, and I think he's a little different because in his case he actually like is a jerk. Like he rips some people's mm-hmm. wings off. Yeah. Like he right. he's done some bad stuff, but like I think it's more like he evolves into yeah. the, right. the softer and more fun type of character. Because I think he like lets that in, show and then lets yeah. that like and back in the more, first yeah. book, yeah, back in the first book, he was living with his brother who, like, abused him, and he was just, mm-hmm. like, in a very dark place, and I think as the books go on, he becomes more of, like, who he actually is instead of what he was brought up to be in his environment. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What else do you want to discuss about Queen of Nothing, Four Wicked King, or just the series in general? Um, I really loved the epilogue. It made oh, me very happy where they're all in. Oh, and 
when they took Cardin to um there's the part where he's asking Taryn about like slushy machines and stuff when they're in the carriage and then when they took him to the mortal world it reminded me of the part in the voyage of the dawn treader where Caspian is like, wait, our obligatory have, like, Narnia reference for the episode. Yeah, this is my obligatory one. Where Caspian's like, wait, y'all live in like a spherical world? Like, have you been to the part where people walk upside down? They're like, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. I just <laughs> thought it was fun because like our world is like normal, but to other people, they're like, oh, this is interesting, and it's not. Their right. world is interesting. I don't know. It was yeah. funny. I thought I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I really liked the epilogue. Yeah, oh, it was just funny. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it was funny seeing all that. Um, Grace, I wanted to know, what was your reaction when you found out Ghost was the betrayer? In, in the Wicked King. In the Wicked King. I was like, damn. That was, okay. that was about it. But he, it turns no, out say he's... what you told us in the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> he was the only one you pictured as a human. Oh, oh, oh I was sad. I was a little sad. I was a little sad because... So when we found out that the ghost was the betrayer, I was sad and I would have rather had it be the roach because the ghost I pictured as a normal person and the roach I picture as a giant roach and that scares <laughs> scares me a lot. I, it was okay. The more I started trying to remember that he's not a roach, the more it helped. So it wasn't as yes. bad. It wasn't as bad. That makes sense. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. help but picture him as a roach, no matter how much I told myself he was yeah. a human. But not just a roach, like a big one. A big roach. Yeah, like a human With a lot of roach. arms. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen that meme, like, from Spongebob, where it's, like, the roach sitting at the table eating, like, a Krabby Patty. Yeah. That's what I, I pictured like. him as. Oh, that's what yeah. I pictured, too. I don't like <laughs> that meme. <laughs> Well, but as I right, mentioned like, many times, I'm very happy that we got Ghost Terran hints because I want more of that. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, what didn't Shruti say she really liked her relationship in this one? And I kept waiting for it to show up. And then there was like the thing where she knew his name, and I was like, Oh no, trust Shruti to pick like the most <laughs> obscure relationship. It wasn't that obscure because there was also the it hints was at the pretty end. Obscure. There was the hints in the final chapter. Jude was like, Oh, he's looking at her. And I was like, Yes. Yes. There were anyway. two hints. Oh, 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 okay. Okay, real quick. Does, okay, there is a part in the epilogue where she's given, where Jude takes, she borrows a dress from Taryn, and she's like, it's loose on Taryn, but it's not loose on me or something. Do you remember this? Pregnant? That's is what that I'm what you're asking. trying to apply? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I thought it was just because Taryn yeah. had lost a lot of weight because she was being in she was in an abusive relationship. But you know, that's but just But isn't me. Taryn wasn't Taryn pregnant? She would have gained Oh wait, Taryn weight. was pregnant. That's right. I forgot mm. Taryn was pregnant. Oops. I returned my books. I probably can't, the Taryn I don't know. book. Taryn was pregnant and now Ghost has to help her raise the baby. Anyway, whatever. You better Holly email. Busted. You better <laughs> add her on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she hinted at more Jude Carden. I don't know if she hinted at more Cruel Prince, so we'll see. Yeah, I have a feeling she would write more Jude Carden than anything else. Yeah. Which I don't I mean, blame her. That's, that's fine with me. That's fine yeah. with me. And if there happens to be side Terran and Ghost, I'll take that too. There you this go. is what I deserve. <laughs> you do, you do. <laughs> okay, so now that we finished discussing Book of the Air, let's talk about fairy tales and fairy tale retellings. Um, 
let's just get started with what are some of your favorite fairy tale retellings that you've read? Um, I have not read many at all. Yeah, that's all I had to say. Sarah, you can okay. go now. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with the obvious and talk about the Lunar Chronicles because yes. um, so yeah, I fucking read, love I Lunar Chronicles. Probably one of my favorite fairy tale retellings. For those of you who don't know, um, Lunar Chronicles are a very popular series. It's uh, four, five. Well, there's like four main books and there's like two like extras. Right. And um, one is like a novella bind up and the other is like a, from the perspective of the villain. But anyway, each book centers on like a different fairy tale, but they're all like connected and all the characters like um, meet up and stuff like that. So like you do have to read them in order and like together, but they're like each one focuses on and like follows a different like fairy tale story. Um, and they're really good. All of the characters are amazing. Like every single book, like there's not any character that I just dislike. They're all really well developed and like every single book just fleshes them out so well. And they're really creative um, retellings because they're like sci-fi. Um, I forget, I haven't, it's been a while since I read them, but I think it's something like someone lives on the moon. Like there's a society on the moon. Oh, oh I, I think you. like the Ready? bad guy, go ahead. You get into the specifics. Yes, I got you. So in the first book, um, which is Cinder. It's so obviously that is the it's the Cinderella book. Um, and the funny part is is that the main character, our heroine, Cinder, um, she's actually like half android. Um, and so like that's like the reason why she is poor and like all that. And of course she is like she has evil stepmothers and stepsisters and stuff. So like all of that is still there. And then the prince is Kai, and he and this is all taking place in I believe like some like an alternative Japan or China. I can't remember which one. Um, but it's because he's an because of the main character is the is the prince. He's like the son of the emperor, and that's of course a big plot point. Um, and then basically, there's this whole thing about how there's people who live on the moon, and the main villain lives on the moon, um, and like they're coming down and they're gonna invade. And like there's all, basically there's a lot of politics in this book, which I also find really fascinating. Um, the second book is called Scarlet, and it is Red, Little Red Riding Hood, and that one's really fun because the main the main hero is called Wolf and his name is just Wolf. It's really fun. Um, it's that excellent. one actually I think was my least favorite of the of the whole all four books just because I feel like it was a little bit more boring. The characters are still awesome and I still enjoy it overall. But I think those both Scarlet and Wolf are probably one of my like more of my least favorites um, overall. Third book is called Cress um, and it's about Cress. Her name is Cress, but she's basically Rapunzel. Um, and she's so like all these characters are introduced like throughout like the series but like that one becomes like her main journey um and that one's really fun because she basically like lives in her own satellite is her tower and like that's what how she's um you know away from the world until she comes back and interacts with the rest of the characters um and he's and then Cresswell Carswell Thorne Carswell I'm so mixing up uh, Jack the Ripper I know yeah. He um is the he also interacts with Cinder back in the first book a lot, and so they're really fun. And the fourth book is called Winter, which is about which is basically Snow White, and that's where you really hear about the uh, the villain's origin story as well, because she's basically the evil queen queen from Snow White. Um, Winter, I think, is my favorite book. Winter's my the, favorite too of all four because you get to see all like main characters like work together, and my found family heart is so happy about it. Um, but I think Cinder and Kai are my favorite like couple and characters of the entire I, series. Yeah, I think they're mine too with um, uh, Cress and Thorn as a close second because mm -hmm. I love that Rapunzel trope. 
And yeah, winter is my favorite too for the same reason because they're all like kind of together. So if you're a big, I don't know, like like kind of crossovers, I guess like it's, it's kind of like a crossover between all these different fairy tales. And right. like all the characters are written so well, and there's so many different dynamics explored, and like it's just a lot of fun. And winter is 800 pages long, and I remember before it came out, when Marissa Meyer announced it was going to be 800 pages, everyone was like, "Fuck, that's a long book. <laughs> what is going to be in it?" But I wasn't bored a single time reading it. Right. Like, normally, long books like that, I just think they don't need to be that long, um, except in specific circumstances. I don't know. Like, obviously, never mind. I, I, I tend to stick <laughs> to shorter books. Um, but it was, it was just done so well. And, like, yeah, I love that series. If you haven't read it yet, you definitely should at Grace. Yeah, I, I, I wanna... will read it someday. It's on my list. <laughs> so so I'm basically, planning, I might reread saying... it over the summer. So that might be what fun. You're That'd be fun. Is... What you're saying is that it's like Once Upon a Time, but if Once Upon a Time is good, kind of, yeah, it's kind like of. a side. No, it's like a it's like a sci-fi, more sci-fi dystopian yeah. version of Once Upon hmm. a Time, kind of, and it's like not cheesy the way Once Upon a Time is, at least in my okay. opinion. It's but like, it's the same it's, idea of like fairy tale yeah. characters interacting with each mm-hmm. other and all of that. Um, I will say, yeah. so one of the things I really, well, okay, never mind. I'll come back to that. Just kidding. But yeah, no, I really enjoy it, and everyone mm-hmm. should read it. I'm probably going to reread it over the summer. I was just going to say, they're probably, like, one of the most well-known, like, fairy tale retellings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was looking at, because I was like, what have I read? And I looked at um, a list on Goodreads of fairy tale retellings. And I think I'm not, I don't know. Like, I think there are some people who really love fairy tale retellings, and are like, if this book is a fairy tale retelling, then I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not that person. I mean, I don't have anything wrong with them, and I would not read a book if it was a fairy tale retelling. But I'm, I don't know. And the, in the same way, people get like really happy about Disney movies. Mm-hmm. That's not me either. I'll see them yeah. if I want to, and if I don't want to, I won't. But when I was looking at that list on Goodreads, The Sisters Grimm was on there, and I was, mm. was like, "Does mm. this count?" Because it is, it is Once Upon a Time, but the it original is. Once Upon a Time. It's better <laughs> than Once Upon a Time. It like. is. I remember I was reading those books. I read them like in elementary school before Once Upon a Time had come out and then I started watching Once Upon a Time and even like younger me was like, Once Upon a Time wants to be Sisters Grimm and it just can't be on that level. That was good, man. Sisters Grimm, um, it's, I don't, do you remember the main plot line to summarize? I sure do. So basically there are these... (laughs) I certainly do not, so go for it. There are these two sisters named Sabrina and Daphne, and their parents are mysteriously killed, and they, I think they hop around, like, foster care for a little while until they have this grandmother who's like, oh, hey, I'm your grandmother, come live with me. And her name is Granny Relda, and she lives in a town called Fairyport Landing, which is Storybrooke. They, like, they literally, like, copied these books. They literally ripped off Sisters Grimm, yeah. They did. But, um, so they moved to Fairport Landing, and then at first they're like, things are strange, and it turns out that they're living in a town where fairy tales are trapped there, and there's a force field around the town that fairy tales can't get out, and Daphne is, like, the younger sister, so she's all, like, oh, this is so fun, of course I believe that there are fairy tales, and then Sabrina's the older sister, and she's more cynical, and she's like, this is crazy, da, da, da. and then there's a journey for being like, oh, just kidding, this is real, and so it was good. That's like the first book synopsis. There's eight. Yeah, there's like, yeah, I was gonna say, there's like eight. They're all really good. They are children's books, but like, I want to reread them. 
I, I, I think I would still like them, to be I honest. I think I would, too. I, I remember, because by the time the last one was coming out, I was, I was in, like, eighth, ninth grade. So yeah. I was sort of old, and so I was sort of, like, but they also did decline in quality. Like, they the did. author made some, like, mistakes that his editor should have really caught. But they were still decent. They were still good. Didn't he, didn't he do, like, a revamped version? Like, he, he released, did. like, new versions of them? He did. They have different covers, and I have I have them. My sister has all <laughs> of the new ones, so if I wanted to reread them, I could steal from her. I might, but- because... They were really good. I have such fond memories reading those books, too. Me those are like, too. Yeah, that's probably, like, right up there with the Lunar Chronicles with, like, best fairy tale retellings. And I remember, like, weird – I didn't remember, like, the general summary in the way that I could explain, but, like, I remember, like, weird specific things about the series because the scenes I would, like, fixate on as a kid, like, whoa, uh-huh. this is awesome. But um, I'm glad you remembered the plot. <laughs> I honestly, like, as we know, I don't remember books once I've read them. But I reread those quite a few times. And I think if I reread them again, I'd still be like, oh, I don't remember this. But I remember, like, I could tell you what what, what happens in each book probably still. Because I have, awesome. like, I have such intense memories of them. I vividly remember, like, they always came out in, like, May or something. Yep. So I was reading them <laughs> during pass testing or whatever. Of, of yeah, I always read them. Of that is. Yeah, I always read them during state testing. Like I would like. Yes. The, like I would like start it after I finished the test and finish it by the time everyone else finished. It was great. Um, it was also fun fact. Uh, the one of the first fan fictions I ever read was a Sabrina Puck fan <laughs> I fiction used to in like read sixth those grade. All the yeah. Time. Oh my god. Yeah, I like remember the fan fiction too. It was crazy. I was just <laughs> like, I want more Sisters Grimm. Um. Um, so something I was noticing while I was, so I was also looking through Goodreads for, like, fairy tale retelling, like, lists and stuff, and something I noticed, which I thought was really funny, the three most, most, it's basically most retellings are, like, the same three stories, it's Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, and Rapunzel, and even, like, Little Red Riding Hood, you could probably consider Beauty and the Beast, because they usually just make make her fall in love with the wolf, I just thought that was really fascinating that those are the three main ones, um, yeah, yeah, there are so many Beauty and the Beast ones. Um, yes. And honestly, I don't really like the story of Beauty and the Beast, so I tend to steer clear of those. Um, I like the Disney movie, whatever, this. like, um, whatever, like, <laughs> Belle likes to read, whatever the fuck. But, um, yeah, I don't... You I don't think that you like would that love... Story. No, love why would I do that? He kidnaps <laughs> her. He forces her to stay in the castle. No, it's, that's not romantic. character Also, Belle thinks she's better than everyone else because she likes to read. I'm like, okay, like, whatever, bitch. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, and all of my friends who don't read are always like, oh, my God, Sarah, if you were a Disney princess, you'd be Belle. And I'm like, why? Because I like to read. Is that my only personality trait? Because <laughs> that's her only personality trait. Anyway. Have you seen? Okay. I'm so sorry. Have <laughs> yes, you seen, I've the, seen 20... the Emma Watson one? I've seen the Emma Watson <laughs> one and it was mediocre. I'm just going to say. Oh it was my mediocre. gosh. I can't believe this. <laughs> it was fine. Like there's some bops. Sure. But like, I think again, that movie is so mediocre. Good. I think that movie, I think that movie is better than the original. And I, do, I will okay. take that opinion to my grave. I've never mean, seen it. I don't really have an opinion on the original. So sure whatever i love um, the original okay i just have something to say while we're on the subject of these disney remakes i think they're fucking stupid because it's the literally the same movie just live action i didn't see the cinderella uh, yeah. one because it looked dumb yeah. i didn't see the lion king i'm not seeing any of it. i might see the mulan one. i'm gonna be honest i might see the that mulan one looks one. different 
that I think because the cool. Mulan one is different. But, I do think yes. that the changes mm-hmm. that they made, I'm not like super happy about. But I do think as its yeah. own movie, I'm excited to see it. So exactly, yeah, that's how I feel too. Um, I, yeah, the I only just, one I saw was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that's speaking the only of one Mulan, you were, it it reminded me because we talked about I can't remember what it was, but we talked about how I and I made I came to this realization today because I was like, okay, so these are the three main movies that are tend to be adapted or retold right in our, our books. So I was like, well, I really hope we would do some other ones. Like, where are all my Princess and the Frog? Which is probably like, the fourth most popular one. And I would read, by the way, I would read that. I would, I, I would want more that. of those. I would read that, that is also my favorite Disney movie. But the yeah, other one I was thinking about was like Mulan. Like, why don't we have more Mulan adaptations? But then I thought about it. Mulan Flame. is just Twelfth Night. Yeah, that's true. But also Flame in the Mist by Renee Adier. Um, I read that. It was pretty good. It wasn't my favorite. I never read the second one. But um, if you're looking for Mulan retelling, that is one. But no, I, think um, I also think because it's basically Twelfth Night because it's the idea of the girl dressing up as a guy and like infiltrating and doing whatever they want. So it's like I think that I didn't have that realization that basically Twelfth Night, which and she's the man and all of those types of stories because those are very popular, are basically Mulan too. So yeah. I also think that with stuff like Cinderella and Rapunzel, you can change like you can keep the premise the same but change mm-hmm. like literally every aspect. With Mulan, it. It has to take place in China, and there has to be a war. So you can't. Those are yeah. like two yeah, really important things. Yeah, I get what you're things. saying. Yeah, the you others are more the easy. Setting. Yeah, the right. others are more easy to manipulate in order to like fit a different story. So you can like make it unique, but still follow the same formula. Whereas right. Mulan, it's like there's more specific things. Well, so I was gonna say, speaking of some more unique adaptations, so I was looking in my list, and I was like, oh, I have actually read some fairy tale retellings that are not those three. So basically, not the Lunar Chronicles. Um, Lauren Stewart made a, has a series called Once Then Forever. Um, and it's like, there's some of the books I don't actually like in the series, but the first one called Darker Water is basically a take on the princess and the frog. Um, it's really just the premise of the idea of like, he is a frog who like won't settle down in the relationship, basically taking like the typical romance, romance tropes of, oh, he like won't settle down and won't have a commitment. And she's like really easy and falls in love, like really easily. Um, and basically puts that in like a princess and the frog like idea um or really it's called the frog prince I guess and so yeah so like that one was pretty good and then also she also does one and I loved it um is basically an adaptation of how the emperor's new clothes um that was a good movie which is a great movie right Right, yeah. Emperor's New Groove yeah. is the movie, but like, so, but the actual story is the Emperor's New Clothes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and basically, that's a good one. Yeah, so, she, so I thought that was really interesting, and it's basically like the idea of like he is a um, he's a performer, um, and never really like gets to know anyone, and so she's like she gets to go know him for one night, but then decides I'm I'm good, and like they fall in love or love and all that stuff. But basically, like that, like that, I thought those were interesting because they're more they're more unique fairy tale retellings they're not quite retellings more adaptations but you know that's the same thing but another one i wanted to point out which i think will be more up you guys' alley is savage beauty by casey bond um that one's like very that one i really enjoyed basically it's about um two sisters aura and luna and one sister basically one sister is basically jealous okay so there's a lot of issues with it because it's basically two girls fighting over like two sisters fighting over a boy which of course is we have so many issues and we've talked about that too like with the cruel prince and everything um but basically like one basically it's uh one sister curses the other sister where she's gonna fall asleep forever if she doesn't like 
fix the, you know, settle for revenge, whatever, whatever. And the prince is Philip, of course, because it's Sleeping Beauty. And they go and they, you know, find revenge and all that stuff. So, like, basically, they're fays, they're witches, which is really fun. Um, but, yeah, so that's another one. So, just throwing those out there. I those did go really, hard for yeah. Sleeping Beauty as a kid. I did, too. Ooh. There's, um, so I generally, I haven't read a really good fairy tale retelling in a while. Um, I, cause I've been, I've read so many mediocre run, ones that I just mm-hmm. don't reach for them anymore. Like I read To Kill a Kingdom. I don't remember the author, but it's a little oh, mermaid yeah. retelling. I, I was really excited. One. I didn't. Um, it was, it was fine. I didn't hate it. It was just like really boring to me. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't care about the characters. And I just feel like a lot of times with retellings, authors tend to rely on the fact that you know the story and they don't put as much effort into it sometimes and that's what I feel like was the case with that one for me anyway um so I like that, that one, one I like that one because of the banter um I think was it like I think not so much for like the story but that mm-hmm. like like the banter and like the characters of that one but yeah that one like, yeah. I could definitely see people not liking it but I liked it yeah I mean it wasn't bad or anything it just wasn't mm-hmm. really didn't really do it for me anyway yeah so the kill the kingdom just like didn't do it for me really um I also read like there's a series by, uh, I think it's Liz Braswell called The Twisted Tales. And um, they're kind of in the same realm as like the Disney remakes for me, where it's literally the same story, just like written out in a different mm. format. I don't know, pretty mediocre for me. But um, before I read both of those and basically gave up on retellings, I read um, Heartless by Marissa Meyer. Another shout out to my, oh. my Lunar Chronicles girl. Um, she, uh, she wrote that one and a lot of people didn't like that one because it was very like long and dense, but I ended up really liking it. I really liked the characters and I think she did a good job with, um, it's an Alice in Wonderland retelling. So she adapted the story of Alice in Wonderland really well for me. And it was kind of like the queen of hearts origin story, but it wasn't like a typical villain origin story. It was a really unique spin on it, I think. And, um, yeah, I really liked that one. And then, um, yeah, but I've noticed most of the retellings I read are, like, retellings of classic novels now, because those, I don't know, I've had better luck hmm, with those yeah. than, like, fairy tale ones. Um, so, I mean, I know this about fairy tales, but Study in Charlotte series is a retelling of the Sherlock Holmes series, and it's really good. Hmm. Or not really a retelling, but, like, almost like a spinoff. I don't even know. But those are really good. <laughs> um, another, I, I guess it's, it's basically a retelling, is... Um, the Almost Royal series um, by Rachel Lacey. Um, if mm-hmm. the Shoe Fits, which is the first one, which is obviously a Cinderella one, it was okay. It was really cute. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I'm really excited to read Once Upon a Cowboy, which is the second one, which obviously sounds like super like corny and whatever. But basically, I think I'm really excited for it because the hero, the heroine is actually the beauty, is actually the beast because she was in a car crash and so she her face is scarred and all of that, and like she's like very reclusive and like stays um, in her like in the castle or whatever. So like, I'm really, I'm going to, I haven't read it yet, but I'm eager to read it. Um, also, I really like Rachel Lacey, so it should be fun. I she like also when another they, one that's Rapunzel too, so. I kind of like when they flip yes. with Beauty and the Beast when the girl is the beast. I think it's fun. I've yeah, never I read one like that, but maybe I would like it if uh, I feel if like I you would like it more, yeah, if it mm-hmm. was switched. Sorry, I walked away from my notes. Let me, let me go grab <laughs> Well, I have a contribution, and it is, I like the somewhat recent trend, it might not be recent, but I've recently discovered it, um, so instead of turning Disney movies into 
books, Barbie movies into books. For example, Winter Spell is The Nutcracker, and Princess and the Fangirl is Prince and the Popper, or Princess and the Popper, sorry, excuse me. And I didn't like either of those, but currently I am reading what is it called? House oh, of shit. Salt and Sorrows. Thank you. I'm currently reading House of Salt and Sorrows, which is a 12 Dancing Princesses retelling, which is one of my favorite Barbie movies, but I say that about all of them pretty much. But it's, I'm, I'm really not that far into it, but basically there's the 12 sisters, except for four of them have died. And three of them died in like kind of normal ways, but the other one died really mysteriously. And so the main character thinks that something's going on. And also the sisters are like totally haunting the house where they live, but she hasn't figured that out yet, but I have because I'm smart (laughs) and it's kind of creepy. So I'm enjoying that part of it, but it's like a fantasy, which is okay, but it's like takes place. There's like this water mythology and like water goddesses Mm. and stuff that I don't really understand. And I feel like this, like they, she could have told, and again, I'm not very far into it. So maybe all of that is really important later, but at the point I'm at now, it feels like this could have been told as, like, an 1800s England. Like, that would make more sense than – or even just so, the modern world. I don't know. Yeah, so that's my question, I guess, for these retellings that you've read. Do you enjoy them more when it's, like, a twist – like, when it's, like, a modern retelling or whether it's, like – it's still a retelling, like, whether it's medieval or fantasy or whatever, but, like, just taking that story like – the, the general pe- premise – I think for me, it needs to definitely have, like, a unique twist on the story. Because, like I was Mm -hmm. saying, I don't like it when it's just, like, basically word for word the same thing as what the original story is. Um, uh, So whether that's, like, a modern day kind of thing or, like, a fantasy world type thing that's different from, like, the the world that the original story takes place in or if it's, like, a crossover or something um, or even just, like, a backstory on a different character that's not a main one in the fairy mm. tale. Um, yeah, I think I definitely like it more when there's a bit of a twist on it. I agree. As long as there's, like, a twist and it's unique in some way, I don't think it matters. Yeah, you know, I, I just said agree. the opposite, but, you know, it's fine. I mean, I also, I think sometimes it's fun to have, like, a straight retelling if it's, like, in a modern setting for me. Um, yeah. Because it's still, like, you have that twist because it's a modern setting. Um, but right. I do agree that overall, I prefer fairy tale retellings where there's some sort of twist, whether it's like flipping the characters or, you know, changing a background or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also want to shout out The Wrath and the Dawn by Renee Adier. I read those books a long time ago and I love them. I love Renee Adier's writing. Um, I had a really fun time with them. I honestly don't remember much about them, except I think they're retelling of A Thousand and One Nights, kind yeah. of, but it's also kind of Beauty and the Beast-ish, now that I think about it. Yeah, um, they have the dynamic, is the same. Yeah, so it's about, like, a prince who uh, basically marries someone, a new wife, every, like, I don't know, night or something, and uh, she always dies, like, the next day. She's always dead. Mm. And uh, the main character gets selected to be his next wife, and she survives. And it's like, she's telling him, I might be fucking this up. It's been a couple of years since I've read these books, but she's telling him like these stories that are kind of like, that's where a thousand and one nights comes in. She's telling him these stories and he 
maybe doesn't kill her or like whatever mysterious circumstances otherwise die under don't happen to her and she keeps telling him the stories and he's like hooked in and um it sounds like a really weird premise and I was like hesitant to read it at first because I generally don't like like Beauty and the Beast stories or anything like that but I really did like these books and I might reread them because um I just remember really enjoying them so I read those I think we read them at the same time I think so and and I think I did like the first one but there was something about the second one where I didn't really like it and I think do you ever read a book and at the time you're like this is good I enjoy it and then afterwards you're like no, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. Because that, that's how I felt. Yes. I don't know. That happens to me. About sometimes. both of them? Just the second one. The second one, I think they added in, like, another character that, like, no one cared about. And I think that kind of wrecked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also took me a really long time to read the second one. Which, by the way, speaking of taking a long time, the Cruel Prince series, I definitely would have liked more if I'd read them like Shruti had and also had read the physical copy as much as I love. I do think I enjoy. Yeah, I do think I enjoyed it more because I read it all together. I would, which I was my theory, by the way, right? That was my theory. Yeah, I talked yeah. About. I think you're on to something. I think you're on. Yeah, something. I think there's definitely something too. You can't spread out a series or like a book too long because you forget stuff and you just yeah. it feels like it's getting dragged out. Like I don't think and like you don't need to rush through books or anything if you're a slow reader. But like I don't know. Like I I wouldn't. I'm not necessarily a slow reader, but I take my time. I guess. And, uh, not, or not necessarily take my time, but like, I don't, I don't know. I don't read that fast. So I, uh, but I find when I stretch out a book too long or I wait too long between reading a series, I enjoy it less. Right. Like I think with, um, the one we were just talking about, The Wrath and the Dawn, the sequel, I think I read it and then I put it down for like probably a month, maybe longer. And then I finished it and I shouldn't have done mm-hmm. that. But I, I still probably wouldn't have liked it that much even though. Sorry, Renee. Yeah, because there's just that, like, feeling of pressure. Like, I just want to finish this. I just want to get it done. I've been reading it for so mm-hmm. long. I want to read something right. else, you know? Um, yeah, but no, so you man- mentioned Sarah, like, A Thousand and One Nights because of, like, The Arabian Tale. And that just made me think about, I completely forgot about this. So a bunch of romance authors have been publishing, like, all collaborating towards this large series called One Thousand and One Dark Nights, where mm-hmm. everyone contributes, like, a novella, basically. So it's, like, oh, here's a novella about, like, random things. And, like, there's, like, a whole bunch of authors who have written for this. And they're great. Right now, there's, like, 130-some books in the series. Um, And their plan is, of course, I'm assuming to get 1,001. So that just stopped me thinking about that. So it's, like, a real-life thing. And I think that's really cool. And, of course, I haven't read all of them, but I have read a couple here and there from authors I like and stuff. Um, But it is a fun time, especially if you're – so that's also the thing if you're, like, trying – want to try some out, some new romance things. Like, that's a really fun way to, like, look through because they're all short. They're all novellas. Um, you can read one a night and then you won't die. So you don't have to worry about that part of it. Are they all fantasy or are they not? No, they're all like whatever romance. They're just romance. Oh, okay. It's the only criteria. So it's like everything. Some of them like take the concept. Right. They're all like take place in like, some of them are like sequel or like part of other universes that the authors have written of. And they're just like novellas that attach to it, but they're like all their own, their own story. So they could be contemporary. They could be like fantasy. They could be whatever. Yeah. That's cool. Any other thoughts about fairy tale retellings or any other thoughts in general you would like to share for the good of the order? I have like a random, did y'all ever read Bella at Midnight? No. 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 Okay. Well, I was looking at the list on Goodreads and it was on there and I was like, I read it a really long time ago because I think it was assigned to me. Like I was 11. 
and I didn't know it was a retelling. But I was like, oh, my God, I vividly remember this. But it's one of those books where, you're like, you read them as a child, and you completely forget they exist, and then you see them, and you immediately remember everything about it. Yeah. That's what that. happened. It was a good book. <laughs> I'm throwing it out there for another fairy tale retelling that I liked, even though I didn't remember that it was a fairy tale retelling. The name Bella reminded me of this, but Twilight could be considered a Beauty and the Beast retelling. It could. Oh, yeah. Or a Roswell oh, retelling. What'd you say? <laughs> or a Roswell retelling. Well, That's I feel like tale, most right? of those parano- paranormal romances where it's like human and like creature or whatever are technically mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast retellings, I guess. So, yeah. um, Jude and Cardin, is that a Beauty... I would argue that they could be a beauty in the They're piece both, retelling. I think you could argue the first one kind of is. If anything, well, no, if anything, she's holding him hostage in the second book. Right, so right, there's in the twists, second book, which we established that makes a good, a good <laughs> book, a good fairy tale retelling. There you go. Maybe. I'm going to stand by <laughs> If you can it, name any other parallels, I'll consider it. Grace will have to um, get back to you on that one. Yeah, I'll get back to you on <laughs> get that Get back one. to me. <laughs> Oh, Grace, how's the poll doing? Oh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Um, I have the tab open. Will my computer open? Maybe not. But uh, last I checked, Beach Read. Oh, by the way, for anyone who's, like, randomly just listening to this podcast and wants to know what the hell poll we're talking about, we have a poll on our Twitter right now where you can vote on the book that we read for May. And the choices are Beach Read, The Last Human, and the other normal one. people normal people and <laughs> last i checked beach read was ahead of normal people by a hair but let's check again it's probably the same i think when i checked it was like one person more or something yeah yeah but yes you should absolutely go vote because yes, it's very close you have until when this episode's coming out you're gonna have like three hours yeah, yeah. so if you're listening to this monday morning go vote because it'll be the last chance you're listening to this Monday afternoon. I'm sorry. You're yeah, out of you, luck. You're, you're out of luck. Yeah, Beach Read has 41.9% and Normal People has 38.7. And The Last Ooh. Human has 19.4. So it's neck pretty. Neck. It's, yeah, it's neck and neck. Speaking of Would Normal People. Would it be people, crazy if The Last Human just came in like at Oh, you mean it, you it still won't got a happen, chance. But that would be wild. That would be wild. Sarah, how's, have you started the Normal People show yet? I have. I've watched the first two episodes. It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Um, I will have to see if we reread the book next month, how it compares in my memory. Yes. I'm excited cool. to read Normal People, whether we read it together or not. There also, should I watch the TV show first or should I read the book first? Um, I mean, I would say read the book just, you know, for okay. the principle of the thing. That's but fair. I don't think there's any, like, either way, you know. Okay. Noted. Right. So, yes. um, as we're wrapping up here, please remember to uh, subscribe to us, leave us a rating and review, and share us with all of your friends. And you can also follow us on Twitter and vote in our poll at the Bookos. And you can follow us on Instagram at Bookos Squad Pod. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you have enjoy your rest of your day. Goodbye. Bye.